0: So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. All right. Okay. I hit record.
1: Welcome to Feature Creep. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Built-in microwave, semicolon.
1: Gnome Hospital.
0: Uh, the No More Pain Surgical and uh, Rehabilitation. Oh, no. What was it? The No More Pain Surgical Clinic and Burn Ward? I th- puppet, puppet Burn Ward. The
1: Puppet Burn Ward, yes.
0: Right. Um, so, yeah, this story is... Uh, is it still unfolding as we record this on the eighteenth of September, twenty twenty? Yes. Um. So I had this garden gnome that, if I'm not mistaken, belonged to an ex of mine,
1: uh-huh.
0: and I had it in my garden because this person left it behind when we were no longer living in the same place.
1: Wait. So. Or. I,
0: uh,
1: can yeah, I what? before you go into that? Can you tell me more? So. I did not grow up with garden gnomes. Um oh. I basically know garden gnomes from TV.
0: <laughs> Poor you.
1: Yes, I feel like I'm missing out. Um but what can you tell me like I I gather that they're plaster typically?
0: Yeah, so it they they're little tiny garden statuaries that I mean people go really nuts over this and in fact like people are so nuts over them that they have sort of they occupy a territory not they're the distant cousins of like lawn flamingos
1: okay okay sure so
0: there is something that people collect and then like stick in their garden and they're so collectible like i think it was the tv show king of the hill that did a whole episode about these collectible lawn gnomes and how like someone broke one and had to replace it surreptitiously but couldn't ac- accomplish that with Ease because they're so unusual and unique, and they're like these collectors' items for people who are obsessed with them. Uh-huh. Mine was just some junk that an, uh, this person I used to date left behind. <laughs> just leave it at that. I okay. would not have I would not have sought out a garden gnome for myself. Um. Anyway, after we came back to the house, and as you arrived upon away, the far shore. Y- As we arrived upon the far shore and docked and went through port of entry, I noticed that this gnome was looking very neglected. He had fallen over. He was on his side, buried under some stuff. It took me a while to excavate the mess in the garden when we got here, just the mess from neglect. Yeah. So I need a drink of water. God, I'm sitting in front of that heater again. And already I'm like, ah. It's already Um, cold
1: enough you need a heater.
0: I've had my furnace on for two weeks.
1: Oh, it's gonna be eighty-eight degrees today. It's currently 70, 79. It's already eighty. It's seventy-nine. That's
0: because you. That's because you live in a fairyland, and we know this.
1: That's on fire and burning to the ground. <laughs>
0: Well, you're part of it's not.
1: No. I mean, we had a fire, um, but it's mostly contained at this point. So anyway. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you found uh, you found this wayward gnome. It's
0: fifty. It's 56 here. It's only 56 degrees here.
1: Oh, that is cold.
0: Yeah. It drops off. I'm telling you, like high summer lasts like three or maybe four weeks and then it's over. It's done. You missed it.
1: Oh. Hmm that's okay um
0: i mean that's fine but it's just it's a very short season you have to really enjoy it while it has it's happening it feels like magic and you're like this is never gonna stop and then like two (laughs) weeks later you're like what's happening (laughs)
1: that sounds it sounds um it sounds like an experience so tell me about tell me about this gnome
0: okay Uh, so the gnome yeah it was all like decrepit when i got back here and I was kind of like, Ugh, I got to fix you. But I don't even know if I want to fix you, but I'm going to fix you. And so he used to be these sort of like drab colors. And he's maybe like two and a half feet tall. Like the tip of his little red hat that yeah. he's wearing um, comes up to like my knee. Okay. So he's like, he's like smaller than a toddler, you know, like uh-huh. small. Yeah. Anyway, um, he had fallen over and he's kind of like got his hands on his hips. Like he's got these little booties. And little pants tucked into his boots and then, like, a little sort of, like, tunic shirt. And then he's got his hands on his hips. Yeah. And then with his elbows sticking out and this big beard and a very tall pointy hat. And so when he had fallen over, because he's this hollow little statue made out of plaster or, like, light cement, whatever. Yeah. um he fell backwards because of balance issues and broke both of his elbows out and he oh. looked like you know like at easter when you bite the head off an easter bunny and he's hollow in the uh-huh. middle uh-huh yeah that's what it looked like so i was like oh, i got to fix you and luckily yeah unrelated to this um problem with the gnome was a problem i had in my back hallway where in my ancient ass house the people who put it together first put it together with lath and plaster and that isn't great on a like one and a half story sheer wall. Uh-huh. Like it starts to gravity pulls it down and it buckles and falls off the wall. Yeah. <sighs> so I had to pull a bunch of plaster off the wall and then I got a bucket of plaster from the home Enormo or Normo Mart yeah. Enormo Mart. <laughs>
1: Enormo Mart. <laughs>
0: And brought it home, uh-huh. and I was gonna plaster the wall, but then I was like, "Oh, this is too big of it. A- I might as well just fucking tear this all down and sheetrock it." And so I stopped. I paused on that. I pulled all the stuff down that was falling down. Yeah. Now the stuff that's left is still secure, but there's like, "Hey, you can look through the lath into the back wall of the bathroom." Uh huh. And that's not how I want to live. Sure. So I have to fix that. Got some plaster. Put the put the project down, pause to do a much more extensive project in the end. And I had all this plaster left over. And so I was like, I'm going to plaster this guy's elbows. And so our fabulous neighbors Uh were having a get together for the neighbor's birthday. And we weren't going to go over there because we had other projects that we were like spending all day working on in our own backyard. Um, And there's like this giant (laughs) mystery chain link fence. So Uh my whole fence, my whole yard is fenced in um, with a fence that comes up to like either about the top of my head or my chin so like <clears throat> you know how that how tall that is Ned because we are the same size
1: Yes um, yeah. yeah yeah right so, I got you right exactly. up right up to our chin
0: Right and so it's a tall fence to begin with but yeah. then like between my backyard and like the neighbors driveway and garage and backyard the fence is insanely tall it's like like baseball diamond backstop
1: Tall, gotcha. Yeah, like right. really
0: tall, mystery tall. And Catch the like, golf balls the-? as they
1: come whizzing by.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Tom's like, "What's the deal with this super tall fence?" And I was like, "I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's like a get the fuck away from me fence <laughs> oh, right, or something." Right, yeah. So we we're joking about how we have to put a pass through gate in the fence so we can just go back and forth and not have to walk all the way around the super yes. insane <laughs> fence. Right, right. And it's like, God, it's so tall and long. Anyway, um. So they were having this party at their house and because of COVID and stuff like that, we were, we were in our backyard working on things and their family had like this whole protocol of like distancing and all this stuff. And our neighbor's family, he, um, he's the baby of the family and he has three older siblings and each of them has like a family with children in it. Uh And then there's our neighbor's parents. And so at like right on time, super tight schedule, a bunch of different, like, SUVs and crossover vehicles and um, vans pull up in the neighborhood. Everybody decamps from their respective cars. Everybody pulls, like, their their respective tables, chairs, and accoutrement out of the, like, luggage bays and trunks. They all run into the yard, set their shit up. They have a party for two hours. The kids have their own play area with all of these, like, activities and shit that are going on. The adults are having a great time. One person from each car is drinking the other one is not after two solid hours like that they're like all right time to go and everybody packs their shit up and they're gone in like five minutes (laughs) and who's left behind is like some of the friends and like People who will be there late, late into the night celebrating this 30th birthday. But the family members came. They, like, did the cake and ice cream. They had the activities. They Uh had a beer. They put the shit away and they left. And it was like, holy crap. It was a logistical marvel. Uh
1: Uh-huh. That so sounds awesome. we got to
0: watch all of that unfold as we were working in the backyard. Uh-huh. Damon was working on his bench. He's building a hand work- working bench that's actually like pretty spectacular. Yeah, And I was setting about performing surgery on this like discarded, unwanted, disheveled gnome that was sort of like left behind and orphaned with me after the dissolution of my relationship. Uh-huh. And so there he was. He had sat in the garden for three three or four years untended and just neglected and so i was like i can't i I had developed compassion for spiders and i can't leave this poor little gnome laying here with broken elbows in my yard any longer so i had to clean him off first i had to scrub out all the like dirt from the tiny little porous surfaces and things and then i primed him Uh and then i like put i filled in his elbows and like (laughs) made sure that he wasn't off balance anymore and huh. patched him up with plaster and then once the plaster dried I sealed it all in uh-huh. and then I put on like several coats of just gouache white
1: paint yes.
0: and then I painted over him and now he has a red hat and he has a little white suit a uh, little white lab coat on because he is a surgeon gnome and his pants are the same color as OR scrub blue uh, and he's got awesome. little like you know how you like put those little like um, hair nuts on your boots when you go into an operating room. Yes. Little like booties. Uh huh. And he's got a little red cross on his, um, on his like lapel or, you know, breast pocket area. Yes. A, on his lap coat. Yes. Yeah. And he has like Martian green skin.
1: Like, yes. That's it, awesome. If he, was
0: a, if he was more raggedy, you might confuse him for a zombie, but he is not. He is a Martian green gnome surgeon and Uh he's the chief surgeon at the gnome more pain chronic injury uh like whatever statuary surgical specialty clinic and puppet burn ward that Uh is at my house (laughs) and so uh ice pick is making a sign for the yard that the gnome will stand next to that is lit up at night Uh that says something to the effect of like this is the this is the hospital for your if you're- dead and, and dying and injured <laughs> garden statuary. And I don't know if that will ever result in anyone showing up out of the blue with like a gnome emergency. Like he just he just he just ran out in front of my car so fast I didn't see him.
1: I can imagine someone like abandoning baby gnomes in a basket on your <laughs> back doorstep.
0: We can only hope.
1: Uh, right
0: (laughs) we can only hope yes
1: oh that's so good i really Uh, will have to add
0: orphanage to the title now like puppet burn ward Mm -hmm. um statuary surgical clinic and uh and orphanage and orphanage um i
1: this this really we should file this under uh designing your life designing one's life or designing your life as a sort of um that does it's just such a great like playful fun thing that i think most people i i'm always shocked at the amount of effort people put into making their houses um fit into this weird ideal that just seems not that much fun to live in yeah like i i i don't i i appreciate the effort of making things like pretty but it's like a white picket fence and a rose garden Feels real. Yes. Like, I, it, I often find the people who actually have a white picket fence and a rose garden also have all the other fun things. Um, like typically, like the people I know who spend that much time in a garden also do things like you're doing, where it's like they've spent some <laughs> amount of effort creating some ridiculous sort of scene or, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's also kind of, I, uh, where I grew up, the white picket fence house was, um, pretty popular there it's a lot of these like um i forget what they call them they're in san diego they a lot of houses are like in the craftsman era which means that they were like like they were built out of wood by like a craftsman um
0: right yes a lot of of them were
1: built and they're very pretty but um where i grew up they're they're like like single-story ranch homes kind of Mm -hmm. originally i mean now they're all just these like massive like towers because they split the lots into as many little properties as they can and then build towers on them so they can you know buy one house and then sell it as three um but anyway uh where was i going oh the whole the whole white picket fence aesthetic um i do remember like growing up we also have in my town we have a um a flower show and so part of the flower show is everybody everybody's yards gets gets judged. Yes. And they give you a you know they give you a ribbon to put in your window if you if you did well and it's always it's always hard to know <laughs> what the what the requirements are um it's changed a lot because of the drought uh in the last maybe 10 years. It's been more acceptable to have like a very drought tolerant yard. Whereas before yeah. the idea of having like something that didn't have grass and was perfectly manicured would just be you know, you're just you're not gonna be a sign win. of neglect. Yeah, it'd be a sign of neglect. But now <laughs> you can have this like stone you can have like a stone garden and you can have a couple of cacti or other like very drought tolerant species and um and get a blue ribbon. Which is which is great. I just find it funny how, how much they lag behind the times because it was like well into, well into the 2000s that they were, whoa, you know, still expecting people to have like, you know, perfectly manuf- manicured green grass lawns with, with roses or other, some other, you know, perennial or some kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Uh,
0: i saw the like i saw the like city assessors driving around in their like vehicle yesterday or the day before and yeah damon damon saw me look out the window like what the fuck and he's like what's going on and i was like oh it's just that asshole in the car that comes around
1: and ju- just to ding you for not being appropriate with your with your house
0: yeah it's the like it's the morality police it's the the yard the like landscape version of the morality pe- police like right. if your grass is more than eight inches tall they will come and like to send you this nasty what dan calls a nasty gram and then you have to respond by taking the appropriate actions before the next time they come around because if you haven't they'll just like ding you again and there's no interaction between you and this narc it's just the yard narc comes around uh-huh. they drive past in their car they like snoop on what your business is and then they go back and they report and they make like, you either get a notice in the mail or you don't hear anything from them if they leave you alone. But, like, you never get to face your accuser. and uh-huh. If you don't deal with the thing fast enough or if the mail is slow showing up and you just don't have time to get to it. Like, say they come out on a Thursday. They're like, you need to have this fixed by Thursday. But they write that report up on the Friday and then they don't mail it to you till Monday so you don't get it till Wednesday. And it's like, by tomorrow?
1: Right. Right.
0: And then they come around again, but they don't tell you whether they've come around or not. So you never know, like, did they come and check me? Did I get it done in time? And then they'll send you another citation in the mail or another nasty gram. And eventually, if you don't take care of whatever it is they're claiming you're not doing correctly in a time deemed appropriate by them, they will come out and do it for you and then assess it to your your property taxes. So, for example, Uh if they had to come down and like remove brush that was growing into the alleyway or like on an you know overhanging a fence or something like that yeah they it's like extremely inflated prices so it's like they had to come down they had so the trip costs money and then they got to cut the stuff down and then they got to like dispose of it and that'll be six hundred dollars
1: oh god
0: you know and like dan and i have had like and so one time i actually like saw the guy and i like yelled at him and he was afraid of me (laughs) great i did the like i felt oh i had like such a texas moment right where Uh i was just like i wanted to just like be on my not literally because i don't own guns but i wanted to be on my front porch with my shotgun like try me
1: Uh uh-huh right (laughs) just try me yeah
0: and like he drove by and was like spying on people's lawns and i was like i see you asshole and he totally heard me and was like (laughs) 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 took off And he left me alone for a while after that.
1: That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny.
0: So anyway, like I totally, uh, the manicured lawns and the like perfect things are a thing around here and people don't, like we don't have to worry about drought and stuff as much. And so uh, much like you until very recently, the idea of having a yard that wasn't a grass lawn that you mow and like get angry at your kids and then go pick weeds for four hours or whatever. Yes. Like... Uh, th- it was like unheard of. Like everybody's got a grass lawn here, and everybody takes obsessive, compulsive care of it. And I refuse to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I um, I, it, it yeah, La- lawn design or sort of yard design is a um. What is that? Landscape design, right? That's what we're talking about. Landscape design. Yeah. Um, Our friend Chris, who's been on the podcast before, early days. He hasn't been on in a while, Um, but we're going to drag him back. He, uh, I think he worked for a landscape. Once we rescue him. Yeah. Once we rescue him. Just
0: kidding. Nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. He's fine. He's fine. No, it's fine.
1: fine. (laughs) Um, I think he's done some landscape design work before, um, like from an architectural point of view. Uh,
0: Is that what led uh, to him needing rescuing? I mean, he doesn't, but if he did
1: if he did i suspect um that might be related i know he took a new position with a new firm um and they have definitely sucked him into the the world of being friends with your coworkers like social hour and stuff <gasps> where it's like it's like it's not mandatory but we really encourage you to attend because oh it's great God. for the team to you know um
0: so if you don't go get drunk with your coworkers, it's like, why do you hate the team?
1: Yeah, it's like, no, like, you don't have to go. Like, we get it. Like, you know, it's important to have, you know, your own life and things. But it's a really important team building exercise. And we'd love to have you there. And everyone's going to be there, including your boss, just so you know.
0: What a lie. What a lie that's um, necessary. How yeah. awful. Yeah. That's extortion.
1: <laughs> it's It's weird. Um, I do appreciate the new company I've been working for. Uh, they've, they have, they have definitely have that a bit of that, but they schedule the happy hours or the sort of social hours during work hours, and they're definitely over by the end of the workday. So, um, I I appreciate that because at least they're not expecting me to spend more of my my free time. Doing work related activities. Um, right. They seem to be pretty, pretty on top of that. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that so far, but we'll see. Uh,
0: mm. oh, hang on a sec. There's someone yes. at my door, I think. Okay. Oh, so me, we're please. in a pause, right? I just, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm clicking and I'm going oh to make a I'm little mark here
1: that says edit. Okay. Uh, so, um, well, while you were, while, while we had that interruption, I, yeah, I, I, I had
0: to answer my front door.
1: Yeah, I thought, um, we, I feel like we've really got off topic there and we need to come back to the whole garden gnome thing. Um,
0: oh, yeah. Garden gnomes. Because if
1: there's one thing about this podcast is we really try to stay on topic.
0: <laughs> we are super sharp and on point all of the time.
1: All of the time. Um, so <laughs> uh, I, I thought, so in Germany, they call garden gnomes Gartensverga. Svarga? Garten
0: Svarga. Yeah. Like gar- garden dwarves.
1: Yeah. Dwarfs, if you're a, a fan of Fs. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, they're um they have a really interesting history. So they come like historically in ancient Rome, uh Romans would put uh the Greco Roman fertility god Priapus Priapus?
0: Yes, yes. Um,
1: Also the protector of floors, apparently. (laughs) I didn't know that. Um, They were often (laughs) – so small statues were – stone statues of Priapus were put in in the gardens. Um, And then uh, gnomes as a concept, as the sort of magical creature concept, they originated, I think, in the Renaissance period. Uh, and in fact, I think there was a Swiss alchemist, Paracelsus. Uh, uh, I would, ha- I think so. Let me uh, look on Wikipedia. How do you here. spell it? P uh, r p a r a c e l s u s.
0: Yeah, Paracelsus.
1: Paracelsus. Um, he. described them as diminutive figures two spans in height who did not like to mix with humans Um, so in this renaissance period time there were these grotesques or these stone grotesques which were um, these kind of brightly or garishly painted one meter tall figurines were commonly placed in the gardens of the wealthy. Um and so often they would have things like hunchbacks um and so kind of like sort of
0: like gargoyles almost kind
1: of like gargoyles. They were um they, they were kind of like these like grotesques are the kind of like those faces that are, um, like I'm trying to think how to describe it. Like they have really big mouths and very like over exaggerated features and cr- crinkles mm-hmm. and craggles and like all kinds of, um, you know, very, very exaggerated facial features. And, uh, they would, so they would put them in the gardens. This was in the, you know, in the Renaissance period. Um, you know, maybe like yeah. 1600s. So yeah. by this, by the late 1700s, gnome like statues, uh, made of wood or porcelain became popular household decorations. Um, and then, uh, garden gnomes were further popularized in the 20th century by Sir Frank Crisp, the owner of the second largest collection of garden gnomes in the UK, opened his Friar Park. So Friar Frank Crisp? Frank Crisp. Sir Frank Crisp. And Friar Park uh is a thirty room Victorian neo-Gothic mansion in Henley on Thames in England, which was built in eighteen eighty nine. Well. Um and so garden gnomes have become um you know by the by the 20, by the early 20th century it had become quite popular so uh they have a really interesting um they have a really interesting history like i think we'd be remiss not to mention the sort of the 90s traveling gnome um
0: i was just going to say that
1: yeah yeah uh so the do
0: you, should we explain to people what that is cuz i bet people don't yeah know.
1: please do yeah
0: so, like, there was this gnome, this little garden gnome that somebody, like, kidnapped, I think, essentially. And then subsequently traveled to a bunch of places and photographed the gnome in the different places as though the gnome were a world tourist. And then returned the gnome to the owners with this, like, photo book of its travels. Oh, so... I think is how it originated.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was... And it's this... um I, I guess, according to Wikipedia, the, it's it's sort of a prank that had has like yeah co- has been you know on and off been going on since the 90s. Um, then there's uh, <laughs> which I guess they call it noming. Noming. I I think so. I it's. But it's basically like, you know, you go steal somebody's garden gnome and then you travel around the world with it and you take photos of it as you said and then you kind of send the photos back to the owners and eventually hopefully return the um Yeah, like there was a yeah. um there was an incident where um an owner had not even noticed their gnome was missing until she found it returned on her porch and bah! Yeah, and the then lady, they were all... That
0: lady doesn't care about her gnome. Oh, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, if my gnome went missing, even when he was, like, all decrepit and stuff, I would have been like, who stole my fucking gnome? Right. I better get a photo book out of this.
1: Right. Um, oh, right. And then it was... I think that the whole traveling gnome prank was popularized by the film a- a- Amelie. Um, oh, because she'd persuaded her father to follow his dream of touring the world by stealing his garden gnome and having an air hostess friend send pictures of it from all over the world.
0: Points for air hostess.
1: Yeah, air hostess. That's pretty great.
0: I uh, I was thinking as I was redecorating and rehabilitating my gnome. Yes. That I was making him much more attractive now to people who would want to take him out of my yard than he was prior.
1: That may be true. Um I I I mean but that's the nature of running a gnome hospital.
0: I guess so. It's just one of the risks associated with running a gnome rehabilitation and surgical center.
1: Yeah, I mean if I like you may need to beef up security at some point, maybe get some bigger, heavier security guard gnomes. Right. But man, I like I think it could be argued that maybe that's not the answer. And what you need to do is find some kind of community outreach team. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That might be better suited to handling potential gnome th- thieves. Because it's clearly Even like policing doesn't really work. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So um, maybe, I mean, if my gnome did go on some kind of a traveling gnome adventure. I guess I would want to track him down. I don't know. I've uh maybe we need to open like a private eye right next to yes this the surgical center just in case.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So now I was thinking like, oh well, uh, I was I was hoping that I could find molds for like plaster so that I could make my own statuaries and then continue to like paint them and make them awesome. Yeah. 'Cause I, it was really fun actually, and plaster is like surprisingly easy to work with.
1: It's really easy to work with. Yeah. It's it's yeah, kind it of really fun. wonderful, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was hoping maybe I could get my shit together and make some more stuff, but who knows? I I was also trying to think if you wanted to make a little like statuary from scratch. Yes. Like, what kind of armature would you need on the inside of it? Well, like you, to, you wouldn't.
1: I, what I've done in the past yeah. when I was doing art projects like that, uh, we did a kind of, um, you use like chicken wire and then a light layer of paper mache to give you a nice base. So the chicken wire can be formed into the basic form of what you want. Then you can use a paper mache layer um, or even just kind of like masking tape and newspaper to just kind of fill in the holes a little bit to give you a base a base and then you can plaster over that a, a fairly thick layer of which then you can carve um, and or shape you know depending on how you like to work with it so
0: that sounds pretty easy yeah
1: it's really easy chicken wire is a good one um, you could also use just cardboard because the thing is once you've once you've plastered it um, the internals aren't the structural support anymore. They just need to hold the plaster while it dries. And so right. their long-term durability is not needed. So that can be basically really anything that's kind of inert. Um, so cellulose is good. Our paper is good, um, like cardboard yeah. or um, cheap bits of metal, like old, old chicken wire or old scraps of wire or something, you know, whatever, whatever works to keep it in place while you're, while you're applying the plaster. Right, um, paper is a great base because it it's a little bit water absorbent, so it holds the plaster yeah. adheres to it better. Um, but yeah, that's uh so Yeah,
0: does that Wikipedia article say anything about whether the like? So that you said the like Greco Romans put the little Priapus statues in their yeah. Gardens. Did the did the like? Do you know anything about those statues? They have like these giant penises on them.
1: Um. I don't. That
0: carry forward somehow into like the gnome (laughs) thing. (laughs)
1: Like maybe the giant penises became their hats or something. Yeah, Um, that's
0: what I'm wondering.
1: I, it doesn't say, I mean, Wikipedia, it's pretty, it's surprisingly kind of sparse, um, for the subject. Uh, I mean, just kind of looking through it, like it, it's basically, it basically is like a very short, the history section basically starts with the Roman Greco. Uh, The Priapus really just skims skims through that really quick, um, gets to the sort of the grotesques of the the sort of later Renaissance period, and then quickly moves into the pre-20th century and the sort of 1700s as the sort of the gnomes have emerged, um, or gnome-like sort of statuary. And then... um, and then it basically just kind of jumps to the 20th century, early 20th Mm. century. So, um, oh, this is interesting. So I guess, um, yeah. So, so there's a, um, I guess there's a manufacturer of gnomes in Germany.
0: Hmm. So. Yes. Yeah. It's like some, it's like some weird German thing. And then they all have these like names, I think.
1: Yeah. So I'm just looking uh, to see. Where's the, there's like, yeah. So, I guess in the pre-20th century, the manufacture of gnomes spread across Germany with numerous other large and small manufacturers coming in and out of business, each having its own particular style of design. From Mm -hmm. around 1860 onward, many statues were made in uh, Grafenroda, a town Mm in Thuringia, um, which is a a German German town. Um, Yeah which you couldn't tell from my awful pronunciation but it is um (laughs) anyway so it's yeah so like germans were germans were the uh kind of the gnome manufacturers um i imagine there is a whole society of collectors around like yeah like ancient gnomes um or ancient gnome statuary um it's pretty great i guess uh uh, yeah I don't know it's who knew I didn't when we started this I was like I didn't realize this was going to be um, about penises about penises I didn't know this was going to be about penises um, <laughs> yeah so
0: um, yeah I like there were all kinds of frescoes and like art in Pompeii that they like Uncovered in the process of excavating it for archaeological reasons uh-huh. um but like uh, let's see garden gnomes and priapus karen's garden tips dot com hang on sure I might have stumbled into something that a white lady wrote about gnomes uh-huh. and uh-huh. karen it's just karen's gardentips dot com uh-huh the author for this particular entry is Karen uh-huh. Uh, (laughs) Garden gnomes and Priapus. Some people love them, other people hate them. Gnomes are popular with many gardeners, but the organizers of the Chelsea Flower Show banned them because they detracted from the garden design. Originally made in Germany in the 19th century, garden gnomes were wooden figures with beards and red-pointed hats. They are used as garden ornaments or to protect gardens and lawns from evil spirits. Or to signal that you are a garden gnome surgical center. (laughs) (laughs) some scholars associate them with the ancient mythical god priapus who is a rustic fertility god who protected fruits and gardens the ancient greek writer pausanias tells us that priapus was worshipped where goats and sheep pasture or there are swarms of bees but by the people of lampascus he is uh lampsacus he is more revered than any other god being called by them a son of dionysus and aphrodite According to the ancient myth, Hera, driven by her hatred of Aphrodite, cursed the baby Priapus while still in the womb so that he was dwarfed and it had very large genitals but was impotent. Other sources say that Priapus is the son of Aphrodite and Zeus, with Hera acting out of jealousy. He became a scarecrow of sorts Um, in, in book four of – let's see. Virgil, uh, where is it? It's hard to tell what this is coming from. Okay, Virgil said, let the defense of Hellespontic Priapus, the guard against thieves and birds with his wooden sickle, protect the gardens. Another writer, Col- uh, Columella, in his poem on gardening, advises the gardener to place him, the little statue Priapus, in the middle of the garden and pay homage to him as its guardian that he may deter the plundering boy with his monstrous parts and threatening scythe and keep the robber from intended pillaging. Just like... This is why people hate reading philosophy. Rocket, <laughs> Rocket also known as Arugula, uh-huh. was dedicated to Priapus. It has a strong peppery taste and is grown for its seeds that are used to make oil and its leaves that are used to make salads. According to legend, Rocket provides desire, a sad association since Priapus was impotent. Well, impotent just means you can't get someone pregnant.
1: Right, right. It does yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's like... Uh, Well, he's not impotent because he's... Well, anyway, I think that's a misuse of the word in this context. I think Karen is misusing that word. Unfortunately... Priapus becomes more closely connected to pornography as time went on because of his large genitalia. His significance as protector of the garden is diminished. Were garden gnomes derived from Priapus? No one knows for sure. So Karen writes an article called Garden Gnomes and Priapus wastes all of our time in four paragraphs telling us things we don't need to know and at the very end poses the question derived from her own post which says were garden gnomes derived from Priapus? No one knows for sure. Thanks a lot, Karen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It feels a little bit like um I whenever whenever somebody ever says oh uh that was a weird word sentence when someone <laughs> says the phrase no one knows I think of that scene from anchorman when uh Ron Burgundy is basically defending that San Diego San Diego stands for whale's vagina.
0: A whale's vagina.
1: And yeah. or means whale's vagina. Well no one really knows. Um it's it just kind of, it, it just smacks of like, you mean you don't know?
0: You mean you don't know. Which
1: is fine, uh, but you don't know.
0: I, I, I suspect that there's someone who knows. If you are that person yeah. and you can. We're trace calling the you out, direct, come forward. <laughs> the direct connection between Priapus statues in ancient Greco Roman times and gardens of rich people and current use of, uh, by way of Germany. Yeah. The Bavarian gnomes. How did we get from Greek to Bavarian to American? I love that, like, the Greeks were like, oh, it's a fertility symbol. And you put it in your garden to protect the flowers and the bees. And then Germans are like, shut up. It's a hat. And Americans are like, I stole your gnome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I I mean, it's funny. I- you know, so garden gnomes are obviously tied strongly to gnome mythology in general. Um,
0: well, where did that come from?
1: So, <sighs> it's,
0: sorry, reading Karen's bad writing took a lot on me.
1: No, it's all right. Uh, I, so gnome, so the word comes from Renaissance Latin gnomus, uh, which appears in a book called, a book on nymphs, sifts, pygmies, and, and salamanders, and on the other spirits by that uh, Para, Para Um mm-hmm. Published posthumously. 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 Thank you. God. Means they
0: published it after he was dead.
1: Yes. Um, in, uh, in Nysa in 1566. Nyssa. Nyssa in Nyssa in fifteen sixty six. Um Yeah, so gnomes kind of originate there. The term does they they got pulled forward into um popular culture probably most strongly by the um by the Disney animated film Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Um Yeah, so there, there's lots of, and and Germans seem to have have a lot of sort of gnome mythology in their their more recent past, and so I think it kind of became, um, as we do in the U.S., we just like to appropriate culture from wherever we see it, whenever we feel like it. Um, yeah, which I, I don't know, I have a cultural appropriation is a is a whole other topic. We probably don't need to. Get two into right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh Anyway, gnomes. Yeah, designing gnomes. So tell me more. Um, I want to know about the process of actually. So he is this hollow cast. Um.
0: Yeah. So I think that his feet are solid. Uh huh. Like his how he's balanced against gravity is kind of weird, and that's what led to him falling over back like he would tump over backwards all the time. Yeah. And since his hand were on his hips, his elbows were like bent a little behind him and so when he would fall over he would fall over backwards and Smashes. come to rest on his elbows yeah which is like terrible right anyway um for whatever reason i so in the hollow parts of his arms where the elbows had been cracked through i just sort of pl- filled in with plaster gotcha. and so parts of his arms are still hollow and parts are not sure i instead of trying to create a replacement shell around the hollow interior of his arm, I just kind of like filled in his elbow and then smoothed it out so that it looked very similar to the, it's actually indistinguishable from the original plaster right. on his elbows. And so right, right, that worked out really well, very easy to deal with. yeah. And then I, um, I uh, just put like two or three coats of, white base acrylic on it that really smoothed it out nice and then yeah. I painted over that. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and I got it. It was interesting. So plaster is really interesting to work with. You know this, I'm sure. Yep. You can make it as runny or as thick as you want. Um, And essentially I made the consistency of the plaster that I used in his elbow holes somewhat like like thick uh, toothpaste. Oh, uh-huh. And just kind of like um slathered it into his armholes, uh-huh. Like thick kind of like if you were trying to fill like i don't know like with peanut butter it was like peanut butter i'm trying to think of something that the consistency was similar to it's i like gotcha. peanut butter. Yeah so, yeah so it kind so
1: of it's, held its shape a little bit and then as it dried it was easier yes. to manage gotcha
0: yeah and then um as i got it filled in like a once the the bulk of the plaster had settled in then i kind of mixed a slightly different texture that was easier to um like shape more like a clay and uh-huh. like finished off the surface shape that would be exposed to the elements and that would be visible to the eye and so once that was really nice and like packed in there and rigid then i smoothed over it with like kind of a like a wash of plaster almost oh that's fun yeah so i did it in layers so that it yeah. It built up. So it took me, um, I did this in stages. I did all of the plaster work first, obviously, before I did the painting. But by the time that birthday party had happened, it was all just painting in the backyard. Man, that was funny. Those people are so well organized. Oh, They're marvel. But yeah, the gnome turned out great. And uh, now I'm just trying to figure out what kind of a clear coat I can put on him uh-huh. so that he's somewhat outside resistant and all that work I did painting him doesn't wear off in a single season
1: yeah um because
0: it's just acrylic paint that I put on him so I need to you gotta seal it in something. some way
1: yeah um I'm sure I'm sure the the big box mart mega mart will have something
0: enormous enormous I can't mart. say that I usually don't have any problem saying that word but today my brain is like nah
1: nah nah, nah. that's funny yeah. that's really funny um yeah, well...
0: I have I have other statuaries in my yard, too. I have this weird... So imagine, if you will, a single, like, post. Yeah. A very small metal post that stands about as high as your waist, and on top of that is a flat disc at a perpendicular angle. So there's the post that sticks in the ground, and then there's a plate that sits on top of it, like as if you were spinning plates, right? Sure. But it's tiny, and it's attached to the post, so it doesn't move. It just sits there. Okay. And then on top of that... Is you place this little metal ball that is attached to a metal arc uh-huh. and on either end of the metal arc are these weird metal chickens. And the effect that that has is that it creates a teeter-totter between the two chickens oh. because the they're not on a solid flat surface. There's the plate. And then a ball resting on the plate, and so it acts like a fulcrum. And it's very interesting and cute. And they also are free to like spin in circles if the wind blows. Yeah. I did not purchase this thing. It was something that a friend of mine's ex-partner boyfriend, whatever you want to call him, bought at some place in Iowa at like a hobo gathering? Uh Hobo fest? (laughs) Yes. And so I now am the owner of some like rusty yard chickens that spin around in the wind and Oh, that's great. Uh, Yeah. And then i what else do I have?
1: So you have a kinetic uh, chicken sculpture.
0: I have a kinetic chicken sculpture. That's right. I guess technically they're roosters.
1: Roosters. Kinetic rooster sculpture. Sure.
0: Kinetic rooster sculpture. Uh I also have a frog. The frog. Did we talk about the frog on the podcast when I rescued the frog in the middle of the night? I think
1: we did. Yes. Okay. That frog. Yep.
0: And then also a little like ceramic. Turtle, like a tortoise. Uh-huh. It's a tortoise. It's not a turtle. It's a tortoise. Yes. Uh, and he sits near the frog.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And then I have a bird bath, also.
1: Bird bath.
0: Giant cement bird bath. Yeah. Yeah. There's, oh, so all of the bees are now gone from the yard. They've moved on with their lives. Yeah. Um. But the flowers that they left behind are very attractive. The echinacea are very attractive to goldfinches. And so sometimes when you go to the back door of the house and you open it, there's a flurry of activity, just like a cloud of tiny jewel-colored birds.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, the birds come in and eat the seeds on the echinacea.
1: Yeah. I, was, I love watching like seasonal uh interactions with the ecosystems in that way.
0: Yeah, and we have like we're a huge migratory route because straight down longitudinally from us is the Yucatan Peninsula mm-hmm. and below that is like the Amazon basin and so Right about now, like at the end of summer, all of the birds, the exotic birds from the Amazon start heading back toward the Amazon because it's getting cooler up here and they don't want to be here in the cold. And so they start migrating back again and we get all kinds of these like bright red and yellow and blue and like magic, magic colored birds. Oh,
1: that's cool. That's super fascinating. Yeah.
0: Sometimes they stay. If you come up a visit, you'll we'll go to the Marjorie McNeely when? conservatory yeah. in St. Paul and some of them have gotten wise because the conservatory features uh a tropical um wing, oh. essentially. Yeah. And some of the birds are like, but wait a second though. This is the Amazon rainforest right here. So we're just gonna stay here. Oh, and they just live in funny. the conservatory now. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's
1: pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, they also have stingrays from the Amazon and a giant anaconda. Really? Who's very large and fun and she's cool. And then there's all kinds of fish and also a sloth that live in there with the birds. Oh,
1: bizarre. That's super cool. So it's
0: this tiny little rainf- like uh, Amazonian rainforest. Uh-huh. <laughs> so cute. That's anyway, pretty awesome. So yeah, the birds have moved in. Um, still tons of giant spiders everywhere.
1: Yeah, I imagine. Um, I think we're getting towards, cause we're, we're starting to, like, our spider season has sort of ebbed a little bit. Cause we had an mm. early sort of insect explosion because it was hot and wet early and now it's like dry. And so the spiders are basically cleaning ah. up the remaining, um, the remaining carcasses and whatever. And then they're, um, they're all laying their eggs for next year. It's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I saw, Did I tell you about the grasshopper that jumped into the spider's web and then I had to extricate the grasshopper? No. So the grasshopper was not in danger of being eaten by the spider because the grasshopper was much too large. Yeah. But it did damage the spider's web. And so it was flailing around and the spider was like, what the fuck? And so I pulled the grasshopper out of the spider's web and then the spider had to just like... Repatch the... Uh Retreat. Yeah. Built a different web higher up this time.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've I've done pretty well this summer like the the spiders in my on my porch all basically make great mosquito nets around the outside. Yeah. Um and it's actually worked really well. It took me a little while to kind of get them all situated, but now that they're in place they they're pretty effective, which is great.
0: That's kind of like that's like subcontracting with with non-human species.
1: It is. Yeah. I mean I it seems to be I I'm pretty content with the whole arrangement. I don't know how they are, but they seem to be thriving really well. So
0: Yeah, like, that's cool. Like, you can make agreements with animals to live in your yard so that you can be many, mutually benefited. Yeah, I
1: mean, it, the spiders seem really, like, it was pretty easy. One of them was kind of creating a web, like, kind of across the walk space. And I just, as it was doing it and it moved to the far side, I moved one of its lines over to the other side of the the, like, sort of, opening Mm in the in the porch awning and then it just kept going and made a web there and it's been there ever since it's pretty great so nice that's
0: excellent yeah i think uh i think my rescue efforts were appreciated not only by the poor pathetic grasshopper Uh but also by that spider that was like some asshole just wrecked my house
1: just fucked my shit up (laughs)
0: like i'll help you Uh uh-huh there's like three or four spiders living in our bathroom now that's funny it's just like the hangout Uh uh-huh hey gang right how's it hanging
1: here's how we do that's pretty funny Mm
0: -hmm. well the front porch is another story it's yeah that's got to be cleaned out i have to i got some halloween lights i got some halloween lights and i need (sighs) to put them up in the porch which means i have to vacuum the porch out
1: oh that's great
0: i mean it's not there's nothing in the porch there's two chairs and a lamp what kind of Um, lights did you get I got orange and purple ones on little LED balls.
1: Oh, perfect. So I'm gonna put- I feel like we should wrap up the actual podcast portion of this since we've just devolved into catching up. Um, do you have any tips for living well in hell?
0: Uh, celebrate Halloween because it's the only time of the year that the like status quo of the c- culture you live in gets absolutely turned on its head. And that's a good thing.
1: And it is a good thing. Yeah.
0: Don't let Halloween go to waste this year just because of stupid COVID. You have to do something else and make it scary. Put your put your back into it.
1: Put your back into it.
0: <laughs> I'm going to plant all kinds of um, uh, gravestones in my yard. I'm basically going full Sims. Like Whenever I played The Sims, yes. my whole goal in playing The Sims was to go straight, shortest route possible to... Um, evil overlord right, yeah, right. And so yes. i would make the person who lived in my primary house the vessel for my evil and i would let it flow through them and then she would seduce people in the neighborhood and get them to fall in love with her and then she would kill them uh-huh. and bury them in the backyard
1: that's so good I mean, and so, it's, it's terrible, but it's awesome. It's
0: terrible, but it's fine because yeah. it's harmless or something. I don't know. I'm not going to think too deeply about it because I really enjoy that game. Uh huh. And I suspect that if I ponder it too much, I'll find a reason to talk myself out of doing it. Uh, but anyway, this year we get to build tombstones and we're putting them all over my yard. So watch out. You might turn up as one of them.
1: That's great. <laughs> I definitely want my name on one of those.
0: What do you want your epitaph to read?
1: Wow, um, oh, that's a good question. That's almost a short. We should do uh, designing epitaphs.
0: All right, I'll write a note down. Okay. Designing epitaphs.
1: Yeah, designing epitaphs.
0: All right, well, celebrate Halloween, wash your hands, yes. wear a mask, don't be a fucking tool. Yeah. And what else do you have to say about contacting us?
1: Um, oh, you can reach us, uh, you can just go to our website, at uh, fcbm.io, or you can email our executive assistant, which is Dana at fcbm.io. You can email us directly, but all of that contact information is on the website. You can also hit us up on Twitter, which is at FCBM underscore IO. And we also have an Instagram account, I believe, which is uh, at FCBM dot IO. Those are all the things. Um Don't forget to like and subscribe. No, actually, we don't care. Don't do that Um or do it. I don't care Um if you're listening to us by this point. Do you know we have 60... This will be, I don't know what number this will be, but we have uh, 68 episodes or 67 episodes currently live and published as of this recording. That's great. It is great. I also, i like, I always find this fascinating. So we have, it's really difficult to know for sure true numbers, but I think that we have, like, Around a hundred regular followers now, as far as I can tell. Like, that is nuts. I don't know, um, if they're totally regular because I can only really look at the like analytical data on the website and it doesn't tell. It's not like, Hey, Bob came back. It's just sort of like, we think this was a return person who, you know, this, whoever, whatever online identity this person has, they've maintained it and they came back this month. And so we typically have, like return visitors that are in the realm of about a hundred to 150 each month return. And then we always, we have some stragglers. And so like we get kind of two to 300 unique visitors every month on the website. Um, That's and I've crazy. been trying to kind of like, cause I'm not really interested in tracking people for marketing purposes. And I'm certainly not interested in, um, like abusing people's privacy information, but it would be great to know who like, not who you are, but that there are people listening, and so um, that's one of the reasons I think we've been trying to plug the um, the email address more. Is like if you you know if you're listening and you have ideas, now's the time because we don't get a lot of like interactions, and so um, right, you know, obviously when if you're when bored, we're, if you're at bored work, yeah, it <laughs> works. Send if us an email if,
0: if someone's paying you for your time right now. Why don't you use it to send us an email <laughs> exactly? <laughs>
1: right um
0: right
1: yeah so anyway that's uh uh, this is our podcast and you you know the deal Um,
0: (laughs) you know the deal yeah
1: this whatever yeah whatever um
0: oh my god can i just remind people of of one thing that i found really shocking so uh i've said it on the podcast before i think at some point as generation x we owe it to the people younger than us to just Be the ones who lead the charge against our crappy boomer parents and be like, we're not listening to your old, terrible, destructive ideas anymore. We're just turning our backs on you and we're going to concentrate on the younger people. And so younger people, people under the age of 45, here's something I want you to know that apparently almost none of us know much about uh world war ii was a thing it really sucked it was about nazis and a lot of the shit that's happening in america right now and we went through a really destructive war that involved the entire globe to deal with the problems of white supremacy and we figured it out and we agreed like hey this is the one that's going to make it so we never have to fight this war again and like none of all y'all know anything about it and there were like fifty five zero thousand zero 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 50,000 concentration camps in Europe, where they corralled people into cities, they corralled people in the cities in the neighborhoods, they corralled the people from those neighborhoods onto trains, and then they took those trains to camps. And this happened, and there were thousands and thousands and thousands of them. It wasn't like an isolated thing. It wasn't something people could have ignored easily. And it's this is where we're headed. So please just like I'm not going to say anything about what's going on now here Just if you have not read about Or you don't know anything about Nazis in World War II And how that happened It was a very slow and very rational progression That got people to do absolutely insane shit And it's it's insane to me now That people don't know that this was a thing So like read up about the Holocaust It's amazing And then also read up about the Holocaust When people were brought across from Africa against their will Oh my god So many things that you don't know about You have to know these things That's it
1: so, so, this is a split tip um on the ah, one on yes. the one hand, enjoy Halloween on the other hand, educate yourself about the atrocities that humans have committed against themselves um and
0: and then don't do those things yeah,
1: uh you know, or at least be aware of it and you know get get a better understanding of like what's happening in front of you so um holy shit there's not
0: very many creative people like the shit that you see going on around you is something somebody probably thought of time and time and time and time and time again because humans are kind of like the same thing over and over and over and over again and we have kind of the same ideas about how to move through the world over and over and over again some of them are really really bad and if you don't do something about them they overtake the really good ideas so it's you just gotta yeah i was attention. this kind
1: of um this makes me think of that that whole idea of like breaking the chain of, of like domestic violence. Yeah. You know, just cause your father beat you doesn't mean you have to perpetuate that down the line right. through the generations. Um, yeah. Which apparently there's a very strong, like that's a, that's an issue. So, um, yeah. you know,
0: we got so many issues on this podcast. Just,
1: just because our grandparents were really, you know, like we're shitty doesn't mean that we have to be. Um, that's
0: right. That's so important. We don't have to be like them. Yeah. So. Well, sweet. All right, everybody. All right. Okay. This is so great. Yep. Get yourself a gnome. Get yourself a gnome. Or a penis statue. Or a penis statue.
1: Whatever. Whatever you want. You do you.
0: Same thing. Same thing. Okay. Okay. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.